Welcome to Legally Lens Podcast! Hey, hey, hey. Ooh. Yo! This is... I think this is gonna be the last episode of this season, probably. The last episode mm-hmm. ever. No. <laughs> Barry, anything absolutely insane happening? Like, the, the dissolving of many major leagues in the next three months? I don't... I don't know. If I don't think you need to show. say many because even if one mate, like if EU dissolves, we would still probably. Oh, that'd be a footnote that. on my. Oh man, I'll think of all the EU imports that would now just be residents for any. Oh man, that'd be great. That. Oh my god, that would mm. be so interesting. Shit. Now I want EU to dissolve just to see what would happen. It's what not gonna happen. They, but... It would be hilarious. Guess what? EU uh, mid laners can now be residents in China. What? Oh God! Huh? Was it Reckless got happen? offers from China a couple years ago? How'd huh? that pan out? Uh, he didn't go. The there. drive to win, <laughs> never oh giving God. up. So hang on, wait. Do you guys want to talk about that shock speech? I didn't really watch it. I watched like eight seconds of it. I just remembered uh, that. Hey, Ma, did you watch the shock speech? No, no, I did not. Okay, we'll skip that then. It's not. It's not a whole large thing. It's just a stupid thing from the community, and I don't. I don't know. It it did not pan out well. I'll say that. All right. So let's get into our first topic for this week. And uh, seeing as this is the finale for the ten years of uh, Lull Esports and uh, two years of running this podcast, uh, I wanted all the hosts to kind of come together and talk about what uh what ten years of league is for them and like why we watch the show and or watch the show watch the uh. The leagues and and whatnot. So, does anyone else want to start, or I'll go? You start. All right. All right. Yeah. Take point. So, uh, I started playing league back early season two. I can still go find the the uh, the confirmation email for my account on my Yahoo email. Uh, <laughs> Throw back to Yahoo email. Fucking Yahoo. <laughs> uh, and I. I I didn't watch the pro scene too much in season two. I think I watched a bit of Worlds at that point, but I, don't know. I definitely watched uh, NA Finals though, because I was in, at the time. I remember X uh, X Special was extremely impressive to me because he didn't die for like three games straight, <laughs> and they're like, "This dude has been alive for seventy-two minutes of game time." <laughs> And I thought that that was just amazing. And this is back when uh, Oracle's Elixir was an on-death kind of thing. So you would buy it for 300 gold, and then it's just on you the whole time you're alive until you die. So if if you can buy an Oracle's Elixir and then stay alive for 72 minutes, the amount of Oracle Elixir's uptime that you had was amazing. A lot. And that was why he was so impressive uh, at the time. At least in NA, who was like basically the second best region at that moment, but I made my bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, uh, I lo- that that's kind of the same time where I became a TSM fan was when was when. Oh, so you made your bad call me. early. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all I know is, is we won uh, North America then, and uh, we still win North America to this day. Uh, what about those two years of world? What about all those other worlds you didn't make, including this one? I don't know what those... I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so to continue my story, then after Season 2 LCS starts, and I basically just watch every uh, game of LCS until this very day, I I guarantee you the amount of LCS games is less than two dozen that I have missed. 
because because I don't know. I just I just watched it. I watch it all the time, and it's all I can really like. It's, if it wasn't around anymore, my weekends would be so empty most of the time. Like nine months out of the year, I got league to watch on the weekends. Not having MSI was so weird to me. I oh, I'm just like there's a month where I do nothing. What the fuck? So I played WoW. That was a mistake. <laughs> Oh man! Also, I just uh, mm-hmm. league is league esports is how I met Haymont and uh, like all my other friends. I still talk to. Not how you met me, but good try. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's how I still nope. hang out with you, though. I mean, once in a while, we don't really hang out, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> games on calls. Whatever. Oh man, this is hanging out. All right, Haymont, you go. You give your story. Um. What I really loved was uh, all of the content that came around from it. Um, <laughs> I started about uh, the time that the new map uh, came out, where it came out, and it was like... Season 4, Season 5? Just around that time when Trundle was a meta jungler. Uh, it was a great time. TB fucking T. Wait, he was a meta jungler last year. That is true. But he was even more meta. Actually, I'm not even sure. He might have just been a regular top laner at that time because he, was he could a top just munch through turrets. He was a jungler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I played the fuck out of back him. Back to that. Just, just remember Nidalee everybody. top Anthony, the good old days. Oh, AD Bruiser that. Nid. I, I played that and just killed everybody. Oh my god, I was broken. Oh man. Uh, unfortunately, I think I started uh, about when the Juggernaut meta was uh, about to round out, and I also remember enjoying watching. Uh, at that time, I was a TSM fan, and I heard that Cringe. they were, you know, Iem. Uh, they had just won like season five Iem Katowice, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be great! This is gonna be the uh, the team." There's Turtle flashing forward. There's Dyrus up there in the top lane, and I was like, "Oh man, that's a great time!" I literally started as a TSM fan in season five, right when they were at their peak, and then right afterwards. It's everything just hit the fan. It was uh, a bad time, and you just watch the drama unfold on TSM Legends. Bjergsen getting mad that he had to play Lulu mid. Dyrus, uh, well, just being a little sad and being like, "Hey guys, let's get it together." Turtle, uh, getting uh, told not to flash forward, and Loco Doco literally sitting. Imagine him down telling being like, turtle, turtle not to be Turtle. Cringe, dude. <laughs> It's what's gotten him to be like uh, one of the great eighty carries uh, over this past previous split. Uh, just uh, well, turtle always let's, flashing let's not, let's not act like uh, a lot of the support. Remember when been, fucking been, like actually better than Lust Boy or Eric Special have been were at that time. That's fair, but remember when Turtle's like first game he got a fucking pentakill. Oh my god, he replaced Chaos uh-huh. so hard. Hmm. Oh my Reggie god. Was like, and I remember being him. bummed about that because like, wasn't that before C9 was in the league? I think so. I think that's... Because I remember great. that I, I I also actually watched TSM back then because of like Dyrus and Odd One mm-hmm. and stuff. And I remember being like really bummed that Chaos wasn't on the team anymore because I hate change because I'm a coward. <laughs> uh, and then Turtle uh-huh. came in and got a pen and I was like, oh, this is what's about to happen. I understand. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't attached to uh, Chaos like almost at all. I was because mostly... well, I had been watching League since before season two. Like I had been watching League when it was like tournaments where you'd have like a gangplank fucking like a vein mid, like a gangplank ass jungle. Like mm-hmm. I was watching when it was just like um 
is rock solid and all those fucking teams right and so i had known those players for like a long time and then when some of them coalesced into these like professional more professional teams i was like oh this is so fucking sick right like that's so cool uh like i remember watching it when uh dyrus and uh double were like teammates and shit right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. dyrus I mean? was the fucking support uh, oh god mm-hmm. that was right? the like, fucking I'm, dumbest spotlight i've ever seen i'm deep in the game but yeah oh, man i think the best part is seeing whenever everything just changes drastically not in the solo queue games never in the solo queue games but no, in the sometimes they do, sometimes like that. one guy in an like a large scale tournament and breaks out like a dumbass pick uh mm-hmm. tank rengar um and then all, it's oh, all i see enough. in the fucking solo queue games support mm-hmm. mf was a fucking bane of my existence for a whole goddamn year <laughs> thank you so much to whatever fucking team whipped that shit out to counter zyra i hate you rocks tigers. i mean to be fair actually it was, it was good two tigers <laughs> i don't say it's not a good pick but it was only good into zyra for fuck's sake mm-hmm. the coup tigers Back to, I think it was uh, Smeb, Gorilla, Prey. Gorilla I forget is, who the other two Gorilla people. Gorilla the one who uh, whipped it out. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Brought it out. Almost brought uh, down SKT. And always we have those uh, memorable moments. I also enjoyed on the in- international stage uh, just watching SKT dominate. Oh, yeah. uh, that was a great time. Uh, the only time uh, I've ever in my life wanted to main mid lane was immediately after watching the faker. What was that clip? <laughs> that was the only time I was like, damn, I should learn Zed. You don't you want to mm-hmm. main mid lane after watching uh, fucking, what's his name? Crown play Malzahar three times against. <laughs> what do you know? What do you mean? Hey, I haven't bought that theology around. League of Legends and being like, that's how I win the game. My mid laner just plays Malzahar. It's it's foolproof. <laughs> uh-huh. It has gotten a lot of success with uh, less uh, good mid laners, uh, aka myself. Um, <laughs> Painful, but fair. <laughs> Painful, but fair. And, of course, um, all of the changes. Oh, man, it was wild seeing the uh, Mage's bot lane. That was a crazy time as well just when it was like oh the crit items got changed and it was so far into the late game that the only uh 80 carries that were actually being played were lucian and ezreal just back and forth and everyone was breaking out oh victor bot lane we can bring out a vladimir we can bring out all these other crazy picks i didn't you know. like that time because i feel like they they kind of over-indexed into screwing over AD carries, but like, like uh, even as I said what else that, is that uh, AD carries will always find a way <laughs> to complain or to be good. To to be mm-hmm. good, to be meta, because didn't that correct come out... answer was both? <laughs> like, it, didn't it? Didn't that come out with lethality meta at that point, or did that just kind of spring um, back up a little bit as a, a, a kind of band aid fix for AD carries because crit was absolutely unplayable. Like, that's why Caitlyn uh, became broken this year, is because they over-buffed her over and over again then, and then they just fell into crit meta. Um, I think it actually came out, I want to say right before the lethality meta was about to no, arrive. There's been, like, three lethality metas, but... Uh, the best know. one was Jin Varus. <laughs> I Jin Varus. I hate fucking Varus. I, like, I used to love Varus. But now mm-hmm. I just absolutely fucking hate Varus because I I feel like he's just he's a poke champion, meaning 
He's basically not actually an AD carry. And he's not, like, actually a good poke champion. He just sort of has an overtuned Q so that he can be a poke champion. I, I just I just don't like that kind of... that The way that he sits in the game right now. Nah, they kind of nerfed him into the ground. Now it's like, hey, you want to do the full on-hit uh, Varus build? Uh, well, you're going to have to get a decent amount of items first. <laughs> and uh, the crit 80 carry is still going to one-shot you from range, right? Caitlyn's just going to be like, ha ha ho, there goes half your health bar. Wonderful time. Although if um, you're better than the Caitlyn, then you're going to be like, XD, 1Q is your dead. 1Q, half health, 2Q, you're dead. That's it. That's the whole story. I was talking about the on-hit version. The on-hit version? Which just is sad. It's, just, it's slow autoing, and it's just, it, it takes forever to ramp up. Your range is low. It's like, eh, it's not that useful anymore. Just, why would I play that when I can play Ash? Like... Yeah, just toss a W every single time. It's like, oh, I'm getting rushed by three people? How about no? Just I be just like WWE? Go watch my, look at my match history. That's the game I played like half an hour ago where I'm just like kiting out Darius and Set and uh, and Volibear the entire time. Meanwhile, my team fucking dies and I'm like, I can't, I don't know what to do, guys. I just killed their front line and no, everyone's dead now. Uh. <laughs> You know what I miss? I miss uh, tanks. I miss all the tanks. I love watching tank play. It's so I, people. People no, think tanks are boring. I miss lane swapping too, because that's actually cerebral gameplay. But while like I miss tanks because they actually hold a front line and they like there's an actual strategy there. It isn't all right, everybody. You just kind of. Move around all over the place, hoping somebody makes a fuck it a fuck up, and you just kill them off of it. That's so boring to me because it relies on the enemy to make a mistake instead of both teams like ramping up, entering the fucking war, and going to town on each other. And that is fucking fun. That's how you play League of Legends, people. Don't let these fucking assassins, all this other bullshit, fucking make you think otherwise. Front to back team fighting is League of fucking Legends. Ugh. Do you Anthony's know what on I on some old man shit? Anthony's the kind of motherfucker who is like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think the three. Anthony's the kind of motherfucker that when they ask, "Oh, should the three point line be in the NBA?" He, NBA, he goes, "Oh, what's next? A four point line? A five point line? Let's just make it a fucking circus, I guess." I want that old man shit. I want that standing under the rim, eight eight feet tall shit. None of this new shit. <laughs> is it me um... who's wrong? No, no, it's the new players who are wrong. From oh the tank God. meta, all I remember um, was there just being a Garen and a Nautilus hitting each other top lane oh. and then just walking away and then hitting each other again and walking away. That's not and nothing would meta. happen. Tank meta was back when fucking Elise would build raw cooldown tank. That was tank meta, man. Every fucking days. jungler went cooldown tank and I fucking loved it. I didn't have to think about mm, my builds at all. That's when I was good all. at jungling. <laughs> it's like, what do you build on at least Glacial Shroud into uh, Kindle Gem? Then you kind of finish whichever one builds into the better uh, carry on the other team. And you just kill everybody because your EWQQ combo is absurd. Mm. Was that also the time where Urgot was occasionally played bot lane no. as an AD carry? No. No. Urgot that was, was a bit farther. No, it, it, okay. That was like season... Four and five—it's kind of close to the time. Oh. This is more season three, four with the cooldown jungling, but mm -hmm. 
It was also super niche, and it would come in and out of meta. Well, it was, the was also popular earlier, right? Because because nobody knew how to man, play the fucking it was game. Mana Battery Soraka in season two, like EG Yellow Beat and shit. Yeah, Ye- Yellow Beat and Crepo <laughs> down there in the bot mm-hmm. lane holding it down. Yeah, like the reason yeah. they picked Urgot was was just to counter Zed, basically. If Zed was in the game and you ran Urgot mid, Zed can never ult somebody because he's just going to get ulted when he lands. Like, you could prep the, the... The way that he used to work is that his Q, which was his E, uh, would land on you as, as like, a cast like it is now. And then you'd have mm-hmm. a poison on you that would auto-track his Q, which is kind of his W, that would then just sort of merc your bitch ass. And his ultimate was his E, which is different now. Uh, but it basically made you stand still for two seconds and swap places. Mm-hmm. So you ult him, he flashes under turret, E ults you, you're ticking armor shredding off you, then he spams two Qs and you're dead. This is... I loved it. I played it so much. <laughs> it was so toxic. Uh, and I'm not saying that just because he poisoned people. I miss when a Star Guardian Urgot was still in me. I know, right? I gotta go buy that skin. <laughs> I still have to buy that skin. Mm-hmm. Wait, doesn't Tony owe me that skin? Tony owes me that skin. Does he? I think so. Someone owes me that skin. Huh. Someone owes you I know that Tony skin. owes me a skin. Don't know if it's that one specifically. Don't remember. Alright. Okay, okay, okay. So, we talked about uh, how we've like, how League's been in the past and... Uh, how it's affected us as people. What do we want to see? I, mean, I didn't really say anything about oh. that because Amot went on a little bit. Then Matt, do you want to go? <laughs> I was just going to say it's like in high school, it's how I made like a lot of my friends, um, mm-hmm. uh, both digital friends and friends that I knew in real life. Like I remember back in the day, like a new kid came to school and uh, me and another friend found out that he played league and we like lost our minds and played with him a bunch and he became a really good pal, right? Like it was a game that since season two or so, like I'd been playing like all the time and I played it like throughout the entirety of high school, basically like almost every day. Um, Anthony and I hadn't been like super good friends. Like we'd been pals. We would have been like super close since like childhood. And then like we both got into league and that brought that back and it, caused us to play the game a lot together and it also caused us to like spend hours and hours making fantasy uh, league before real fantasy league and like those are some really good memories right um it's a really really fun i mean i hate the game uh in a lot of senses of the word but i basically hate anything i Hey, wow, too. I played a lot That's not a great barometer but... for the. Uh... No, no. But it's <laughs> it's a game that was like really important to my teenage years. You know, it was huge. And I still play it, right? Like, not as much, but I still play it in Clash and in tournaments and stuff with you guys. I can't wait till we're in the senior It's also the only reason I actually met Haymont, Alana, Tony, like all these people, like Doug, like everybody I met through Anthony because of League of Legends. So. So many people through League of Legends. For those of you who don't know, I started a club about this fucking game. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That was that was an experience. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. What? Okay. So what? What do we want to see uh, from Wall Esports next year? So that means like anything, the LCS Worlds, uh, the international region. I want NA to win world. No. I want NA to win world. Well. Yeah, um, we're all in agreement no there. Promises. 
No team has hired me as a coach yet, so I I don't think it's gonna happen. That's all I'm saying. But has anyone hired, hired you as would lower the chances of the team winning worlds? Uh, wait, we, wait, 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 we wait. can't say that it won't improve them now, can we? Wait, I think wait, wait, I can wait. say that pretty confidently. I but you got no proof that that would happen. But have you applied as a script writer as yet? No, the but key I, I, position I, at Riot Games. I I have correctly predicted the final perfectly so you know almost along the same line script <laughs> profit now all you need to do is get those donations <laughs> to get a little bit of money for it Ugh. oh man someone's gotta pay me for my pro prophetic pro pro prophecies prophecies i can't prophecies prophecies by <laughs> the way what was that <laughs> what that was, was me that forgetting what the word prophecy is Oh man, I want to see. Um, I want to see the layouts get a bit better. Uh, I remember uh, watching the EU. Uh, I remember for the NA broadcast, uh, just watching the actual layouts for like, oh, here's the team name there, here's the team name there, and this is a scoreboard and being like, oh, you mean the, that's the kind of man. The spectator overlays. Yeah, and then I remember watching the EU one, and I was like, oh. This looks great. I don't. I love it. I don't know. In between why. the transitions, the EDM music that was on the EU broadcast, it just felt like a. That's because you overall like EDM music. That is true. That is true. They did buy me over with that. I honestly uh, get annoyed every time they cut to their music because I don't like their music. Like it's fine, <laughs> it's whatever, but I like I just don't like it. It's like I just want to turn it off. I'm okay. I'm more okay with the. Uh, the LCS's music breaks because it's like I have half of that music in my mix at the moment, so mm -hmm. you know I'm a, I'm much more content. But uh, what was I gonna say? Mm -hmm. I don't know why they all seem to want to get away from just enhancing the current spectator UI that is in the game, or like working with Riot to make the spectator UI just a little better, because mm -hmm. I think it. I've seen ones where they just sort of tack on to the top bar, and I'm I'm just kind of thinking, why don't why don't they all just do that? That seems like such an easier thing to do than to rework the overlay, use an entirely separate program to feed the the source numbers into that overlay, and then like it just it's so much more work than it ever needed to be, and they could have made it so simple. Like I don't understand why custom games don't just have team names and team tricodes you can put in. Like, I don't get it. Why is that not a thing? That seems like a simple way to do it, and then you can just make your own custom thing at the top. And then you can just sort of make best of uh, best of series and, and custom games, too. I feel like these are simpler additions to the game that they could actually make that might make the general game better. Like, if I could make a lobby for a best of three, uh, mm -hmm. it might make running tournaments slightly easier. So I, like, it, I feel like it's been an underutilized thing for Riot in general. And I agree that a lot of the overlays need work. Whatever the fuck EU does for their champs, like, don't worry, though. Please kill it with fire. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. What? I you hate that, that underbar overlay. Like, it doesn't make any mm -hmm. goddamn sense to me why. I Like, I don't... Nowhere. Nowhere in this game does it put support, AD carry, mid laner, jungler, top lane. Like, nowhere does it do that. It's always top down. Why are we not putting champ select in this format? Why is champ select not an enhanced version of... The, the champs like we see in game like I the way that uh the LCS and uh LPL do it is perfect why is it different
What's, mm. what, what is wrong with with the way that the LCS has their uh, their champions like formatted? How much is gonna be like? There's no fucking rave music. Where's my <laughs> There's no. I feel like I'm fucking taking Molly in a warehouse in like London or something, man. <laughs> hey, like come the on. They Molly normally played uh, uh, one of the top 100 songs um, on the EU broadcast at the uh, time. I feel like I gotta mention they're paid to play those those songs. They're advertisements for those songs. Oh man, the only time that I felt like sell outs. The... By the way. Going back to it, uh, the NA broadcast music I felt only like stepped it up around when playoffs was on there, and I was like, it's "Oh, the they're bringing music. some." Wait, it's the same Netted. music. They brought in Monster Cat. I know the difference. They brought in Monster also Cat? EDM throw EDM throwbacks. Yeah. When did they play Monster Cat music? And in... they just used the same. They used that like the uh, what's it called? Uh, Pentakill, uh, a bunch of their orchestral pieces. Like they use all that stuff. No, I'm pretty sure they used uh, other EDM music because I remember listening to it and going like, "Oh, this is a different one." <laughs> no, they have some EDM stuff. They have the Sona stuff, the DJ Sona stuff. Mm, that was Borgor, if I remember. Did the entire DJ Sona? I have no that... idea. Okay, all right. I have no idea who actually did those, but the, they definitely used those during some breaks. They used that during Worlds a lot, and it was annoying me because they kept playing it over and over and over again. I'm like, play something different. <laughs> oh, too many goddamn okay. games. I don't want to. Like, I'm glad there's not League of Legends for another two or three months because I do not want to watch more right now. <laughs> that uh, there was fair. a lot from Worlds. Matt, what do you want from uh, Lowly Sports next year? I have no idea. <laughs> um, none of the stuff you guys are talking about really bothers me. I mean, like, I guess it would be cool to be able to do, like, um, custom stuff in more customizable ways, I guess. But, like, I don't have a huge stake in that, to be honest. Um, I don't really play the game like that. Maybe see just, like, better Clash support or, like, new ways of doing clash so because it does like obviously we talked about this during well, clash, that's kind of going more into riot than uh oh that's true i thought that's what we were talking about yeah in terms of esports no fucking idea um okay what do you want from cloud nine then i don't know to to go to worlds i guess i, <laughs> I guess like Make spring split matter again no never never matters <laughs> no <laughs> It no, never no. mattered before. It won't matter now. Yeah, tell that to Cloud or Cloud Nine. Tell that to CLG and hundred thieves. Okay, I will. Fucking fourth place Lucker dogs over there. <sighs> All right, time to talk about the kind of obnoxious, or obnoxious, the depressing part of Worlds, which was the opening ceremony. Everybody else noticed mm. that the opening ceremony looked like garbage. I didn't watch it. Oh, Me neither. Why? How do you not watch the opening ceremony? What do you do with your time? I just watched the vods, and they the, didn't have it in the vods. It's ten minutes. It wasn't in the vods. <laughs> it wasn't. It you would have had VODs. a cut. You would have had to watch the beginning of game one, all the way from the beginning. <laughs> that was it. Um, also, I did not uh, watch the beginning of game one all the way from the beginning. Uh, let me correct that from the opening ceremonies onwards. I just watched the start of the game. Why? The opening ceremonies uh, are typically really good. This year was quite a, uh... Yeah, it was really bad. 
I don't know. I really skipped over it, and which was weird because I recognized the name Kinjas, which is uh, actually one of the dance groups that I uh, normally follow. They were teased in uh, they were teased in the opening ceremonies teaser video as um, coordinating the uh, the choreography. So the first part has the the KDA song. That has more. There's supposed to be two, like three more KDA songs coming. I don't know what happened. But I guess they're not part of Worlds. I thought they would be releasing one like every week of Worlds, but that didn't happen. Uh, they put they put out the KDA thing, and it like the lighting was awful. They're in a dark room, but they're lit kind of like they're outside, and it's like what does that even mean? The, well, they 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 superimpose three D models, and it looks like they lighted the three D models for a different environment. That's crazy. And I just don't get it. And then they had Galio come down at the end, but he's clipping through the stage and everything, and, like, all the props on the stage and stuff. So I'm just kind of like, so why did we bother with this? Like, what was the po- why, why did we do this? Why didn't we just make a cinematic video to put up? I'd have been fine with that. Like... You didn't have to do something crazy, like, it's it, it's Rona times out here, like, no one's gonna fault you for doing something simpler, but, like, I don't know, the, the, what they did last year was actually really fucking cool, with all those, like, uh, the 3D projection stuff on two silk screens, mm-hmm. that was, that was all super fucking cool, uh, the year before, it was kind of unfortunate that it broke halfway through, <laughs> but that was looking pretty cool. Oh, the thing fell on my desk. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of wish they didn't get over ambitious this year with all the 3D models and stuff. I would have rather them just put up a music video behind the, the whatever the fuck else they're doing. I understand why they couldn't bring in all of the members of KDA to do whatever the fuck they were going to, they kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It would it definitely would have been better if they could have incorporated them in there, but I don't I don't I don't hold them at fault for that. Alright. Let's move on. Talk about World's Final Series. Hang on, let me put, <laughs> hang on, let me put the results up on screen and holy shit! Matt, am I am I reading this correctly? Mm, well, but I don't know. It, it Sometimes looks, your reading's I mean, a little bit uh, off. I don't know. I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> hey, Mon, it looks... Anthony, it looks like we were right, and right? they were wrong. Huh. I could just see you play with my volume. Yes, I'm, well, I was playing this, with Hamon's volume. Ah, here's what I'm saying, though, Anthony. It does, in fact, mm-hmm. look like we were correct, and they <laughs> were not. <laughs> Amon and Dion both putting their faith in Sunin Gaming to go 3-2. Uh, Anthony and I recognizing that Damwon is going to win. Me, of course, always calling uh, one more than uh, is required. <laughs> a habit. Uh, and Anthony just getting it right. I okay, where's am Dion at right now? <laughs> I can't seem to find him nowhere. <laughs> uh, you don't get no help tonight. Uh-uh. Mm. Defend yourself, you coward. <laughs> so how could you be so so laughably stupid to think that Sonic so, That's was extreme, win? I love it. Oh man, that's extreme. That's extreme, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um c- how could they have possibly 
won these games. They even got a pentakill, and they still couldn't win this series. Um, you know, uh, I was hoping that maybe Sooning uh, would be able to bring out something special. Uh, I don't think, uh, I think the biggest difference that happened during the series was that uh, Barrel was uh, just better than Sword Art in, like, most capacities. <laughs> Almost every capacity. The way he played out the early game was masterful. The way he played out team fights was great. Like, uh, Barrel just felt like uh, altogether... Like a god gamer, dude. Like god gamer. Yeah. It was... Right. Um, so, yeah, and then... <laughs> you got something to say? Um, I was hoping that just maybe Suning would be able to pull out something between Huangfang, Angel, uh, Bin, and SOFM. I was hoping that maybe the support cap wasn't Don't too large. I was hoping that S of M. Okay. Uh, I believe his uh, the full name's like Style of Me. Yeah, S of M. Anyhow, um, there was a bit of a smaller gap between uh, Canyon and S of M. So I was hoping that, all right, that would pan out a bit more. It did not. Um, wait, so, wait, so you're telling me you thought <laughs> that there was a smaller gap between Canyon and S of M? Or SOFM? God fucking damn it. Yes, like, it didn't feel like uh, SFM really got gapped that series. It felt more like, oh, there's this huge uh, gap between Sword Art and Barrel. It feels like uh, Huang Fong would uh, many times get punished. It felt like uh, altogether Damon Gaming's team fighting um, was just uh, on point, and they're able to take it slow and just choke people out. And they were able to do. <laughs> they were able to do that. Um, not as effectively against Suning, but uh, pretty effectively still against Suning. In those clutch moments. I mean, <laughs> looking at all of their wins, they were basically mm -hmm. just Damwon. They're playing League of Legends like how I like to play League of Legends, and that's kind of just you just make good quality plays. You get gold. You amass a lead. And then you slowly wait for the enemy to have to, to feel the pressure and try to make a move and make a mistake. And then it, you snap the trap shut, you get some kills, you get an objective, and you move on to the next play. Mm -hmm. And that, it, it's, it, 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 it's a fucking pleasure watching Damwon actually just body people. But mm -hmm. I, I just don't, I don't really know why Sunning couldn't recreate whatever the fuck happened in game two. Um, that's, a that's a particularly weird game to talk about because even in the, when they were contesting in the mid game, um, it always feels like Sunning's like, uh, trying to compete there. Um, that's normally the point where they're like, Oh, all right, we're going to start skirmishing. We're going to start team fighting. Uh, that's where we're going to be able to do everything. Um, and it really seemed like Damwon Gaming uh, still had them on the back ropes uh, most of the time. And then all of a sudden, S of M pulling out the tank Rengar, clutching the last Cloud Soul, and just spinning the game on its head uh, right there just uh, brought Sooning Gaming back. And... It was also another thing that I was a little bit unhappy about was the nice vow on the Rengar. Um, but 
S of M, of course, sticking to his uh, style, always bring, uh, bringing out the tank, uh, the tank we send, the tank Rengar, uh, bringing that Knight's Vow out, which both love and hate it. Uh, he really clutched out uh, just securing that last Drake for his team. And then uh, Ben on the Fiora was able to bully Nokri and able to catch out Showmaker at one time in point. It's just when you have a fed Fiora, um, game gets a lot easier. <laughs> It does, especially well, when Fiora, like, nobody can split push against Fiora. There's this mm -hmm. one moment where Fiora cancels somebody's teleport. And for uh, those of you who don't know, Fiora can't cancel a teleport. Uh, mm -hmm. So she killed him. Yes. She, she killed Shomaker. I mean, that is he, the he, way... <laughs> that is a way to cancel a teleport. It, it is a but, particularly hard form of CC. Did you really cancel a teleport... Or did you just nuke somebody because they? I mean, did the teleport go on cooldown? <laughs> it was on cooldown before she killed him. Yeah. That means did he go to his destination? It, would it have mattered? Five head. He died. Five head. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think honestly, the real problem with uh, Damwon's loss is they picked Eve, Lucian, and Aphelios. And that doesn't feel mm -hmm. aggressive enough to me. Like, sure, there's a lot of aggression in uh, Evelyn Lucian, which has kind of been this duo pick that people have been trying to get their hands on. But I didn't feel mm -hmm. like it was all that well used in this game. And, like, Lucian's sitting on an, an upgraded IE, an Essence Reaver, and, uh, what, what the fuck, um, Euromana... Uh, EXE mm -hmm. and Hex Drinker, and it's like he's got all these pieces of a good build, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter when you can just get a hundred to zeroed by Angel on Syndra, and Rengar is tank Rengar, so you can't even kill him. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> this is the case where Kitty Soft Paws actually works. I don't honestly. I don't think Tank Rengar is that bad. Uh, if you have enough carry potential in the rest of your team, like, hot tip: tanks can kill carries because they live long enough to do shitloads of damage to them over like eight to ten seconds. Mm -hmm. So, if you're getting chased down by Rengar, who is going to live four times longer because he's a tank, and he can hop in and out of all the bushes you have to run through. Sure, he can't run you down in the lane anymore, but here in the jungle, you're a dead. You're dead. Like, like, yeah, mm -hmm. nowhere to go. And I think, I think that's kind of like he played to that kind pretty well. I, there's one, there's one team fight where everybody's like, "Oh my god, he's playing so good." He's just jumping around, jumping in a bush and jumping <laughs> to the closest target. I'm just kind of sitting here like, guys, he's just fucking about. He isn't doing anything like directed. He's just trying to hit whoever's near him. That's just how you play the game. You hit the target in front of you, and you try to kill them so you can start hunting for new targets, because otherwise this target's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. oh. I also have to say, I don't think uh, Canyon played out the early game as well as he usually does. Uh, just game two. Clear, awful. It's You mm -hmm. You get real low on that early clear. Yep. I also remember him explicitly going like, oh, um, him just walking straight up to a Rift Herald and then dying. Uh, with his ultimate there, that uh, was a bit funny to see, but also was like, oh, Canyon, uh, that's a little bit, uh, that's not what we expect from you here, bud. 
That's not a, that's not the quality of gameplay. <laughs> right. So that was a little bit weird, but um, yeah. I guess uh, Evelyn's just uh, maybe they were just like, all right, we're gonna try out the Evelyn Lucian, and uh, it didn't work that time for Dam One Gaming. As you can see, uh, all right, they lost the battle this time, but uh, managed to win the war. So, so game three is uh, is is quite interesting. Uh, this is the game with the Nidalee who built uh, Super Soaker. <laughs> oh no, S of M. I, I don't know why he built Super Soaker in this fucking game, but that's what he chose to do with his time. So, they at mm-hmm. 15 minutes, they have a 5.5k gold lead. Mm-hmm. But the game ends with Damwon winning with uh with Cloud Soul and is that uh, one Baron and Sunning got Elder Dragon and a and a Baron. Mm-hmm. That is crazy to me. Oh wait, hang on. I'm reading this graph backwards. Damwon had the 5.5k gold lead. Sunning mm-hmm. swung that gold lead back to a 1.6k gold lead at 27 or 25 minutes. I can't tell which one's the peak. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that at like 27 minutes is where they get the Elder Dragon. But then they get wiped. So Damwon, I like this is what I'm talking about. Where Damwon amass their gold lead and amass their own power or uh, power spikes, and then they wait for you to make a mistake. And even if they have thrown their lead, this is like watching. Uh, this is how Faker alone wins games. Is he by himself waits for the other five players to make a mistake that he then capitalizes on. And is able to enable the rest of his team to actually, like, be useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, the, but these guys are able to do it as an entire unit. And I think that's what makes the... It's, it's, it's really why they're impressive. So it, it's insane watching <laughs> these guys play control so hard. It, when I made that Terminator joke last week, I wasn't even... It, it's not like a joke. They look like they're machines just doing this on repeat. It looks like they could do this to fucking everybody. Over mm-hmm. and over and over again. The win rate this team would have would be insane. I think you could play this series out a hundred more times and Damwon wins every single one of them because they're just so good. And it, it's so long as they don't play this, like, awful... F- I, I, everyone comes up with these crazy strong picks and they're like, oh, it's so good, and I fucking hate it. This Eve-Lucian combo, I fucking hate it. It's early game power feels so weak. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I guess um, I didn't see it that much at World, so I I only saw it like just get shit on most of the time. But you know, no, I, you're right. I think it should only be limited to uh, Nogari, who's going to be able to get the uh, creative card creative to uh, card. bring out those picks. Yep. Hey, he brought Lulu top lane. Was just like, hey, rip it out. Look at that. Canyon's <laughs> a great jungler. He's that? a good grace. <laughs> I believe he is. Uh, it was uh, him basically enabling Canyon in their first game. Uh, on stage and well, just wrecking him <laughs> i should say i know that he's not the first person to ever played lulu top lane because i played lulu top lane back when lulu top lane was a thing uh, and our guy right. jimmy is the innovator of course <laughs> but support lulu top lane is kind of the 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 meta this season for lulu so mm-hmm. i don't know i i feel like there i 
I think there are ways Sunning could have won more games. And I, I feel like it, it. there is a little bit of improvement they can make here in draft. Like, take their last draft, for instance. They're running Gangplank, Graves, Oriana, Aphelios, and Leona. Where's the front line for Aphelios? What, what is Aphelios doing in this comp? Like, what the hell? Probably dying a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's about, about right. But, um... <laughs> what they ended up doing was taking out the recycling bin nine times. Mm. I was gonna, I was gonna make a shirt that was just recycling bin, and uh, I was gonna be gangplank, and I, I, I was really, <laughs> I was really close to doing it, but it, I didn't want to have to waste the fucking printer ink on it and, and make the shit in Photoshop, but. But that's what I was gonna do because watching these people just be like, "Oh, you got a pentakill? That's nice. You wanna <laughs> die nine times? I'm gonna pentakill on you alone." XD. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And can this game? Canyon played like a monster. He played out of his fucking mind. Sword Art was basically non-existent on Leona, who everyone thought was going to be like the the marquee pick this series. Uh, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It, it was not that. It turns out it's probably uh, Syndra. <laughs> Even though I don't think Showmaker really showed up this series, but still. I don't think Showmaker really had to show up this series. Yeah. I think the rest of his team had it in the bag. <laughs> uh, the game one he did pretty good. He went 8 1 11 on Oriana. Pretty good game one. Mm-hmm. I'll yep. take that. I'll take that any day of the week. Uh, canceled Angel's Teleport uh, to a bot play with an ultimate and it's just like, hey, hey take that sucker. This is the um, game where they picked fucking Wukong. I don't... Uh, yeah, not winning your lane on Wukong. You did something wrong. That was a very weird one. I don't think Nogari really cared about the Wukong. It was like, ah, <laughs> oh, man, I died to it once at level 6. I don't uh, really care about anything that's been played this series. I'm going to keep farming. Yes, it did look like he didn't care about anything Ben really played this series. <laughs> Even in the fucking Orn vs. Fiora game, he only died four times. Like... Mm-hmm. Ugh. Showmaker. Ooh, Showmaker. Showmaker was the one who was suffering in the Fiora game. Oh, yeah. It... <laughs> that that wasn't, um, Nuggery. I'm looking forward to damn one skins. I'm hoping they're mm-hmm. really modern. Like, they don't try to make them too fantastical like they did with Samsung Galaxy, and they make them kind of more like the Season 6 or uh, 2013 ones. Give me more headphones. Give Rise more... Actually, does Rise I want have, them to have uh, like, headphones in the SKT skin? Huh? Does Rise have headphones in the SKT skins, or just those... In the uh... 2016 one? Yeah, I think so. Okay, bring me more headphones. I want that. Give me more headphones. <laughs> Like, yes. like Leeson has headphones too? Yep. Just uh, casual jogger and headphones. Bring it. <laughs> so apparently Nargory is, uh, he said he wants Kennen. Uh, I'm one, I think Canyon's gonna go for Graves. I have, I don't know what Showmaker's gonna pick. I think Ghost will probably go for Caitlyn. And, uh, I think Beryl might go for Pantheon. Someone fucking quote me on this, by the way, in like six months and I'll be right. Oh. I'll just fucking clip it. Clip it and mm-hmm. ship it. Clip it and ship That's it. That's true. Okay. <sighs> Emma, what are you thinking for these skins? What, what do you want to see? Um, I think the Kenner from Nogri uh, would sound nice. I think um, 
this would be more of a personal bias, but I would be happy if Canyon uh, brought out like a kindred skin. Uh, <laughs> because I just like kindred skin. You can't play kindred. I love Kindred the Champion. I love the idea of it. Whether I can play it or not, it's a completely different matter. I can't play Kindred. She's a bitch to play. I know how to play Kindred. Bullshit! I will carry you in every game on Kindred, I guarantee it. I carry you when you play Kindred. I get you all your stacks. I get myself my stacks. How dare you? Pull myself up by my boot straps and shit. (laughs) I think Showmaker might put out an Akali skin. I wouldn't put it past him. Showmaker putting out Nikali skin? He might. He used to do Assassins. Um, I don't think he played it. Actually, did he play it? I'm not sure if he played it this world. I can check. I don't think he did. Unless it was like... Okay, so here are his options. Syndra, Twisted Fate, Silas, Orianna, Lucian, Galio, Echo. I think those are all the champions he played at Worlds. Okay. An Echo skin would probably make sense. I I know he normally... Last year he favored assassins, but that might have also been because, like, oh, Akali was OP on rework. I think we can rule out Lucian and Galio, at least. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't win on those champions. Mm. I think that's enough talk about worlds. That's a. Alright. That marks the end of our season 10 coverage it's on to talking about season 11 the future of league of legends and the uh, lcs players association with their na news break oh i gotta get a little oh man all right so we got a little drama i shouldn't really say there's a there's a a uh negotiation going on between uh the lcs pa and riot at the moment uh so riot has stopped paying money to the LCSPA. Uh, now, Darshan says they're renegotiating with Riot. I don't know what that means because the commissioner kind of said, yeah, we're not giving them any more money after this last quarter. We would, we don't want to. <laughs> we're going to, tr- like... It, it sounded to me like they really don't want to give them any more money and they want the players to start funding the uh, Players Association. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think anybody doesn't want because there's a massive conflict of interest if the owners or Riot are funding the Players Association. And I suppose by mm-hmm. proxy the owners are funding the Players Association because they play the players and the players have to play the uh, the Players Association. But that's kind of besides the point. Uh, how how are we feeling about this whole situation? Did you guys uh watch the Travis video about it? The one you just linked with the interview with Darshan, or the other one? The one before that. Yes, I did watch that. That so, one I did not. Did you you watch the Darshan interview? I watched most <laughs> of it, but I didn't finish it before the show the started. The back half is about. <laughs> like other stuff it's about the attitude the players have towards the i got to the part where he started talking about getting singing lessons and then the show started oh my god the singing lessons uh <laughs> it's it's fine it's it's uh, it was really cool to I mean, see that, that wasn't a meme sing. it's not like a meme it's yeah. literally where i got into the, into the interview i i, I really liked actually analogy what was it last two years ago or in the spring i don't remember when they when they had that like uh cool down thing they 
had him sing a bunch of parody songs. And I thought that was actually really fucking cool. I really liked that from Daishan. Uh, so... I, I feel like the number one thing that is needed for the Players Association, like, before Riot even stopped paying the money, is that the players have to start taking it seriously. And I just honestly don't think there's a compelling reason for them to take it seriously. Like, I... Does anybody have any reason that at the moment that if you're a player, you're like, I need to support the, the PA because we need to solve these problems? Like, I can't think of a single thing where if I'm a player, I'm feeling that at all. Well, what it, I'm not even clear on what they're supposed to be doing. The Players Association? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be the startup for, like, the Players Union. Like, the way that all the other sports in... Uh, yeah, America okay. So it. it's like an early union. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is like, well, you can't call them a union. It, they can still have the rights of a union so long as all parties agree that they are classified as a union. Like... Yeah. That's how rules work in America. Just saying. So... I'm one... I... I don't think that the, this is going to change, and this is something I agree with Monty on, which just drives me up a wall at no end, as you know. Uh, <laughs> nothing's going to change until the league starts making enough money that the players want a revenue cut. And I don't think that's going to happen for, like, 10 years. What do you guys think? I think that it's probably in the vested interest of players to take it seriously now, even though there isn't an immediate need to do so. Because yes. the problem is, is that if, say, right now in next season and the season after, there's no big dispute with Riot that needs solving, then it's very easy to not care about it. Uh, but then, say, in three or four seasons, if something big comes up, well, then you're going to wish that you had had a strong organization that you had been actively building and taking seriously up until that point right and so i just think the inability to predict what disputes may arise uh, but the mere possibility that they can arise uh, is reason enough to take something like this seriously right um because yeah like maybe right now there isn't a you know like darshan said in the interview there it's it's a pretty private organization at the moment like we don't really know what kind of problems they're solving or what they're doing they don't really have a social media presence um mm. and there might not be any very big problems or really any problems at all but as soon as problems come up then goddamn, they're gonna wish that they had taken it seriously right mm -hmm. uh, and they're gonna wish that the organization had been uh developed in such a way that it could address those problems and by not taking it seriously what you are in essence doing is just hurting yourself in the future because I agree, right? It'd be great if there were no problems until the league was so profitable that they wanted a revenue split. Um, but if like literally any major dispute comes up before that, I think that that union or players association or whatever you want to call it is going to be really important, right? And ensuring that the best interests of the players are represented and met. Uh, and so even though there might not have, they might not have these issues now, I'm not quite sure why they shouldn't look ahead a little bit. You well, know what I mean? I, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's important that on an individual level, the players take it seriously because it in the long run will be good, better for them. But I like my argument was that they don't have a motivator. Like, no, but the motivator is, 
I agree. I think they don't have a current motivator, but I just think that's a general problem with motivation is that some people can look at something and say, my motivation for this is like a sort of contingent factor about a problem that may not ever come up, but that this would be, this is a very low investment on, on, in terms of effort on my end for a very high reward for a possible future situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a kind of motivation. It's what makes people like plan their lives ahead. It's what makes people like have savings and say, well, I don't think that this bad thing is going to happen to me, but if it does, I ought to have the money to uh, cover it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I don't think that I want to go and do this thing uh, in 10 years, but in case I do, like in case I change my mind and I want to pursue this career path, then I ought in fact to get a degree or do this other thing, right? And I think that that's like actually a perfectly legitimate kind of motivation. I think it's a more sort of uh, ethereal one because it's hard to get yourself always to give a shit about like 8, 10, 12 years from now. Uh, but it is a motivation. And I think it's like a perfectly legitimate one for this. I just don't like, you know, I think if there was like some major fucking dispute between the players and Riot, that would be much more concrete and immediate. Um, but I do think there's motivation. It's just not so concrete. Yeah, so it's really weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the things that the Players Association has done, it like they got the ability for players to stream in houses they got uh, the ability for players to invite high-ranking players to the Tournament Realm server so they could participate in in-houses. Um, I forget. What was the other thing? Uh, they got... This is actually like the biggest thing I think they done. They made a database so that players can understand the range of uh, like players' salaries. They don't have anybody's name linked to their salary, but they have the... like. So somehow they have it so that you know like the medians and like all, like all these different ranges and you can get a better That's very idea. important. Yeah, you can get oh, a because it allows the, the team owners to not just like completely lie and undercut you <laughs> like Yeah. So th- that that I think is the biggest thing that they've done, but to to say that that is the biggest thing that they have done is honestly really underwhelming to me because like they they need to be doing something more important like uh, intervening. So I, I honestly don't think there's anything the players' association could have done for Acadian when he kind of got screwed over by Lena being an absolute fucking idiot. But like, they needed to do something there. They needed to make some kind of statement there, uh, even if they didn't actually take legal action or anything. Because, like, you really can't do that to a player. And just basically put them on blast in public by accident. Like, it doesn't fucking matter if it's an accident. You just... You possibly screwed a player out of money they may or may not deserve. Like, this is a problem. Yeah, and I think that gets into what Darshan was saying, though. And why, like... I think Darshan, like, expressed a sort of, like... Not explicit regret, but a kind of regret that the Players Association had been very... Sort of not very forward-facing at all. Mm -hmm. And he said that he wanted to change that moving forward, right? And I think that that's a good step. Because, you know, honest to God, for all we know, the Players Association has been doing a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. Like, we have no fucking idea. Right. For all we know, they're in there in every contract negotiation. They're in there in every dispute with a team, with an owner, with a, you know, with a, between the player and the LCS or, or, or right. Right. Like, but we just don't know. Right. And it makes it difficult to judge their success 
because we don't know. And of course, you don't have to say everything, right? Like if a player says, hey, I need the Players Association's help, Association's help with this thing, but I'd prefer it be private, that's a completely legitimate request, right? If you have to handle something on a down low level in the short term, but like to know basically nothing of what they've done, um, I think makes it really hard to decide whether it has been useful or not because we just don't know. Right. The only reason we know about Although to be clear, I do think that that salary database thing is actually like extremely important. I think that's actually like huge. Like the only reason why we know about that is kind of because Travis keeps talking about it. Because I wouldn't have fucking known about it if Travis didn't say something. Because like how do they have a Twitter account that basically doesn't post anything like that i think is a very important first step into like creating a you got to create a presence in the community and you have to be sort of an advocate for change and say what you're advocating for because otherwise everyone's just kind of sitting here wondering well what are you what are you doing why are what are you doing and why are you doing it and it's that's just not nobody cares nobody nobody's asking that question except for the times that they get brought up by Travis or by somebody else. Like it should be an issue that they aren't doing anything. And the fact that it's not even an issue to the, like that the community keeps talking about outside, outside of Travis Gafford. I have, it's, it's hilarious. I have their Twitter up right now. Uh, What have they posted? Uh, Me too. They posted in May 20 on May 28th of this year on May 27th of this year. And then their third tweet is from December 18th, 2019. That's a big, like, Mm -hmm. and then the 2019 one is that there was a historic first meeting with the executives from Riot, all 10 LCS teams. Um, Great. That it doesn't say about what or why. Maybe it was just the general like rules meeting and stuff. Sure. The next one is that we're excited to partner with this other uh, thing. Um, the North American created educational opportunity by forging a link between NACE members and professional esports. That's cool. Um, that's fine. And then the recent one is a link to a video about um, how much they earn, how much LCS players earn, and like that's literally it, right? It's yeah. not like, hey, we're out here because like here's the thing. I'm not sure that a union needs to be totally public. Like, I'm not sure if it affects me if I know personally uh, what, like, the Steelworkers Union is doing right now, right? I could probably mm-hmm. figure it out. I could probably go find out. It's probably on record somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really, like, affect me as a person. And, you know, obviously it's because that's not a sport. It kind of does affect me as a viewer of a sport, what, like, other pro leagues are doing with their unions because it means like if players are getting treated unfairly in the NFL, there's a strike and then that affects me. And uh, you know, it's probably a strike for a good reason, like better health coverage or like more money to secure better health coverage because of, you know, all of the physical damage. I think think this is different because it's entertainment. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the same thing with the, it's with the NFL is that, I it would be way weirder for me to just see an NFL strike out of nowhere and not know what it was for, yeah. or to n- not know what the NFL like un- players union does, right? Like that's a weird thing to not know because, because it's entertainment. Yeah, I'm um, not affected by what's happening between uh, Walmart and its workers, really. Like that's between those two parties. Oh, they're they don't allow unions, so well, that's th- a bad th- 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 point. <laughs> 
between some giant company and its union, I, like, I'm not involved there. Unless I work in that union or that company or an adjacent company, it's not my concern and it's not going to affect my life that heavily. Like, and sure, this doesn't affect my life directly either, but it affects... Like, like it's part of the show to some degree. Like, it's a, it's about the fairness of the competition, and if I'm going to be creating... Well, it's also about the fairness of the way the players are treated, which yeah. affects the competition, right? Because, like, if players weren't getting paid fairly, that would affect competition, because yeah. a lot of pros mm -hmm. might not play, right? That matters, right? Like, all of these extra things that don't seem to, that wouldn't affect me, right? Like, it doesn't affect me at all. Uh, personally, I'm not an LCS player. I'm not an NACE player. The educational link between the two, the dynamics between the two doesn't personally affect me, but it does affect the way I watch the sport because it affects who might join the sport, who might stay in the sport, the opportunities for the sport or playing the sport to be a legitimate career path that's more stable, right? It's not like the people who were like getting like completely shafted on money in the old days by certain teams um, or who were like doing like getting nothing out of it. Right. That was unsustainable. And this could assist players in a way, uh, making this a career, making this a long term career uh, and making it more interesting to watch by having it be a place where like legitimate competitors can come because they're not like worried that they're just going to get completely shafted. Um, I think that's really important. Again, I don't think I need to know all the specifics. I don't think I need to personally know what the union is doing to like negotiate every individual's contract, but I do want to hear that their work talking to team owners about fair compensation, right? Mm -hmm. That's fine. I don't need you to break down every individual person's contracts with all their benefits, but I do want to know like that you're doing work to make sure the players are well taken care of, that you're making sure that like the living conditions are good, that they're allowed to get other sources of income by streaming or things like that in certain circumstances, like all that stuff I want to know about. But oh, another thing that they made a change of was, uh, do you remember that time where Echo Fox dropped all of their players like 12 hours before the deadline? And they couldn't find teams. Yes. They uh they somehow I'm not sure how direct their involvement was was with this because everyone was pissed off about this. Uh, but they were involved in getting the rule change in that makes it so that that shouldn't happen again. Uh, I don't really. I don't know. I feel I honestly feel like they're kind of taking a little bit too much credit for this one. Because so many teams and players in general were just... Riot was pissed about this move, too. Riot was very unhappy when that move happened. Mm. Alright. I think that's enough boring talk about uh, the NALCS PA, as it's still called on Twitter for some ungodly reason. Uh, is, there, is there anything else happening in the last hour? Is it because it likes to do that to us? Um, Cloud9 officially announced Reaper as their head coach in a more formal manner. What? Huh? Oh, sorry, ran over. Shush. I was about to be like, what did I miss? Is he back? Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, you know, I was just thinking about the last player who I distinctly remember playing uh, Tank Rengar. Oh, uh, someone leaked uh tl joining uh, or tl uh tls joining as a coach for t1 so there's that fuck 
Rip uh, TSMTL, <laughs> by the way. Or TL, TS, LS, blah! Fuck me. T1? T1, T, T1 LS, man. I'm gonna keep making that stupid mistake. Oh, I'm not T1, sure how T1 this is gonna T1 go. LS? Uh, I thought he was joining as a streamer. That was the rumor. But, uh... Looks like he's gonna be their coach now. Oh, man. Like, head coach, or...? No, uh, I think... I don't know if he's picked band coach or something else. I don't know. It just says Coach LS. In the translation, at least. I think I'd be happy if it was a pick band coach. Guess? I don't know. Pick band coach is normally, like, the generalized coach. The head coach is more like... I don't, I don't know how Korea works. The one who normally stuff. conducts how, like, uh, the practice environment goes, uh, what your daily that, schedule is. That's how is. it is in NA. I think in Korea, they take mm -hmm. a more overarching approach to the strategies the team wants to play. And then mm -hmm. they ha they work with their other coaches to develop team compositions and 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 other things like and like pick band processes. Like I I just don't I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to get a a read on how Korea does this because they uh they speak Korean and I don't mm -hmm. get to like read the things that they put out easily. Whereas all the NA orgs seem to just, they seem to not know what they're doing for the most part, besides like the top four teams every year. <laughs> uh, that is true. Um, the only thing uh, that I'm uh, getting a little bit here is that I can't wait to hear like Ellis's voice in the, in the T1 videos afterwards where you can just hear him going, Oh my God. Oh, every single time like a play happens. That's what I'm looking forward to. His caster commentary. Ah! Ooh! Oh! That's it. <laughs> I'm gonna miss his him casting, though. Some of his... Actually, I, I, I thought he wasn't as good a caster as he was, but watching him at Worlds, it was a lot more amusing than I thought it would be. I distinctly remember one clip of... Uh, of um, a support recon... Just going in and missing absolutely everything, and him just going, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what?" <laughs> that was my favorite one from him. The proper response. All right, Matt, I'm out of topics. You want to take us on home, but yeah, I think I'll do that. That that'll do it for uh, this week and probably this season of the Legendary League of Legends podcast. Uh, you cannot catch us live next week, but you can probably catch us live at the beginning of next season, maybe. I don't know. I think I'll probably do it again. We'll see what happens between now and January. Uh, but that'll do it for uh, for us. Just sub to the channel if you want to watch. Uh, we'll be streaming Clash in a couple of weeks. Was it the 14th? Two weekends yes, from now? You want to watch that? Go there. Otherwise, I just stream every now and then. Whatever. These idiots sometimes come on. <laughs> yep, I'm off and on. <laughs> Later. Peace.